I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. So automation is a thing that I want to pursue more of. I've written about self-automation and how it, to me, is the most important form of automation there is. But there's something to be said for automation that's not necessarily all driven by the self in that moment. Using services to help you automate isn't the worst thing in the world. In fact, it can be real beneficial to your productivity when done correctly. And that's what I talk about today with Wade Foster of Zapier fame. And yes, it is Zapier. We get into that in this episode as how you pronounce that service, as well as a whole bunch of other automated related information and, and discussion points. So let's just get to it. Here's my conversation with Wade Foster of Zapier here on the Productivityist podcast. So I didn't automate this interview, Wade. I, 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 it would have been interesting to see how that would have played out. <laughs> yeah, would have. I'm not sure you could. I mean, I guess you could, but <laughs> you could, you could. Uh, Wade Foster, thanks for joining me on the show this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. So you are the co-founder and the CEO of Zapier. Now, first off, to rest uh, all all of the pronunciation uh, to rest here at this point. It is Zapier, correct? Yes, Zapier makes you happier. You make zaps. Okay, Got so it. that's that's yep. the thing is because a lot of people that I've talked to have said, oh, it, you know, it rhymes with like because rapier, like a rapier yep. will be like, like someone who yep. cuts tasks like mm-hmm. like efficient. I get that, but mm-hmm. Zapier will make you happier. So if you're ever confused, that's the that's the uh, that's the motto. That's the mm-hmm. all right, awesome. So what? Why did you start Zapier? Because I mean, was IFTTT around before you guys? I think they were. Um, I or think was it me? launched like a, a little bit before us but our like our start dates were very close together right yeah. so what was your what was your, i mean obviously we live in an era where you know automation is is something that we can all kind of mm-hmm. we, we can take advantage of and you know i mean i i wrote a post about the best type of automation which mm-hmm. i think we're going to talk about a little bit as we go through this but what was mm-hmm. your what was your kind of mission behind getting zapier started like why yeah. why were you so fascinated with getting an automation tool out there in the first place you know it it started with brian and i so brian's my co-founder we were freelancing at the time and we would get asked to build these integrations between tools. Um, you know, we'd get asked, can I get our PayPal sales into QuickBooks for me? Or can I get this list of leads up into Salesforce for me? Stuff that's kind of grunt work for most developers. It's not particularly exciting, but for the people who needed it, it 
is worthwhile. It saves them time and energy. And um, Brian uh, messaged me on iChat one day. Uh, we were, you know, we were both employed at a mortgage company back in Columbia, Missouri. And he says, you know, hey, I, I think some of this freelance work we're doing, um, I think we can turn this into kind of an off-the-shelf product, something where folks don't have to hire engineers anymore. Instead, they can just kind of set up these uh, workflows between apps, you know, without having to know how to code or hire people like us. And I was like, well, that that makes a ton of sense. Like, yeah, we should do that. Uh, and so that was kind of the the original idea or spark behind Zapier. So automation is one of those things where I, I'm a I'm. <laughs> I, I can see the benefit of it, obviously. As a productivity guy, of course I do. But mm-hmm. is there a point where automation going unchecked can kind of be harmful to one's oh, productivity? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you see this all the time in uh, like social media, like people trying to automate customer service, right? I think you know the telecom providers are great examples of this, where they're listening to keywords and they just awkwardly jump into conversations where it's like clear that they're not welcome, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Someone's, you know, talking about some other thing and they'll jump in and be like, hey, how can I help? And it's like, we're not looking for help or needing help. Like, you know, it's clearly a bot gone awry. Uh, so I definitely think you have to be, you know, careful about where you set up automation and what you use it for. What about um, so? Where do where do people start? Like, where if if someone was starting today, because that's that's where I kind of fall apart. It's actually quite funny. Um, you know, we're we're in the process of of hiring more people to work with us, and obviously there are some processes that we can put in place that would help us with that. Because I think that there are some instances where I don't need people to do that, or better still, I can help the people I'm working with by giving them processes to put in place already. Things like. You know, having it where if they move one thing from Trello to another, to, from one list in Trello to another, that it automatically mm-hmm. updates and to do is so that I see that it's been done, things like that. Where yeah. do you think people should start if they're looking at doing any form of automation so that they they get a sense of how empowering it can be? You know, I, I think a company that's really done a great job at uh, of like really showcasing the power of just like simple integrations is Slack. Um, you know, Slack when they launched two years ago, uh, a little over two years ago now, they did a, such a great job at making simple notifications into Slack just really simple, right? It was easy to set up. And so people kind of got the bug. It's like, oh, well, this is cool. I kind of can set it up to get, you know, my tasks piped into Slack, right? And now the rest of my team can see it or something like that. Uh, and it's not like that kind of stuff is really simple, easy to set up. Like, um, And it really is kind of a gateway drug to start thinking about, oh, well, what else could I do, right? Like, where else could I send things? Um, and so a lot of folks, I think, start with stuff like that. They look at the tools that they're using already. It's like, well, you know, I've got a Gmail account. Like I'm, I end up forwarding a lot of emails or like I need to share emails with my teammates. What if I set up a thing that automatically like piped them into this Slack room that shared certain stuff? Or, um, maybe I end up, you know, forgetting to tell teammates that I completed a task. So what if I just have, you know, completed tasks pipe into Slack or something like that? Um, so it seems like, you know, that's kind of the gateway drug that gets people's minds churning and thinking like, okay, well, what else can I do? What if people have over-automated? Like, what if they've gone in, you know, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to somebody today about Evernote and mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, when they first start using Evernote, they throw everything at it and then mm-hmm. it makes it worse for them because they've, yeah. they've, they've put everything in there and now they can't find anything. And, <laughs> and, and, and so if people feel that, 
either they got off to the wrong foot with automation, with using a tool mm-hmm. like Zapier or, or really any sort of automation at all. How do you kind of unpack that or maybe backpedal a bit? Like where, like where do you think that they should say, okay, you know what? I've got too much. I need to like, do you think they just scrap all the automation and start from scratch or do they analyze it? Like where do you think that conversation begins and that action begins? Yeah. You know, I, I think it does involve like a little bit of trial and error a lot. Um, you know, so you set something up and it's like, well, that's really noisy, right? Like that's clearly way too much, but there is still something that I want out of this, right? Like if you're piping a bunch of stuff into Evernote, well, you started to do that for a reason. What was the real original intent behind it? Maybe there was a certain type of note that you wanted to get in, into Evernote, um, but all the noise that's coming with it, you need to find a way to, to keep it out, right? Um, so this is like one of our most popular features at Zapier is you have filters. Like we can add a filter between any sort of step. So you can say, well, maybe I don't, you know, say I wanted to pipe mentions of, you know, my brand into Evernote or into a Google Sheet or whatever. And then all of a sudden you start to notice like, you know, a lot of these are just kind of useless. Um, but what I really wanted was to know when someone, um, you know, somewhat popular tweets about me, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you can go in and add a filter and say like, well, you know, if they have, you know, more than, I don't know, what's a what's a good number, a couple thousand followers, right? Or something yep. like that. Then I'll go ahead and send it in. So I think a lot of it is trial and error, right? You start and set something up, you see like, okay, that's working for me, or maybe it's a little too much. How can I scale it back? Or, or maybe it's not helping enough, and maybe I need to, uh, you know, modify it a little bit more. Um, I think, and, and it changes over time too, right? Like we used to, we have, um, we used to be more aggressive about piping things into Slack, but now, like, we found that you know channels that are too noisy with bots end up people participating less in those channels. So we have like dedicated bot channels that are just more like informational feeds. So if you need it, you can get to it. But if you don't need it, it doesn't muck up, you know, kind of the normal conversational channels. Do you think people get caught up in the idea that automation is probably best served for work and they don't really think about it in terms of like actual personal life practices? Like, or do you find that you're starting to see some crossover or maybe it starts from the personal and bleeds over to work? Like where, where based on, you know, what you see at Zapier, where do you see those trends happening? Or is it kind of a, everyone's kind of, are they going all in with automation or or how, how do you see that with, with Zapier? You know, I think it's, you know, it's a bit fuzzy for sure. You know, Zapier, we focus more on work automation, you know, ways mm-hmm. to help your business run office, ways to make your back office work a little bit better. That's why we have accounting integrations and e-commerce integrations and email marketing integrations and things like that. But I do think there's some like bleed over between work and home, right? Where people are like, well, well maybe, maybe I can do a better job with my grocery list, right? Like automate something there. Or maybe it's like messaging my spouse to let them know like when I'm heading to or from events, right? Instead of having to remember to text, like I just set up it to make that message like right before the event in my calendar happens, right? Uh, So I think there's certainly some bleed over between work and uh, personal life. And I'm not sure where it starts. Like my suspicion is that yeah, I don't know where it starts. It's tough to know if it starts at home and you're like bringing it into work or if it's starting at work and you're bringing it into home. I think it's probably different for uh, different people. It's the pain point, I guess. Yeah, right? it's, it's like it's where do you feel it, right? Where was your first pain point? Do you remember? Uh, or is it so – it's like everything – is it so bl- ingrained now that you're like – what? Like are you at the point kind of like – 
I was, uh, again, looking at this three lists of freedom that Chris Ducker talks about in Virtual Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast, actually, we'll talk about the podcast here. So um, I used to edit and produce the podcast. That was my job mm-hmm. because it was all part yep. of what I would do. And mm-hmm. then ultimately, I wrote down these three lists of freedom. And it was basically an idea of when you need to bring somebody else on board, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's smart and practical to do. And the podcast, this fell into the list where it was the one of the lists, which is, uh, this needs to be done. Uh, I like and I like doing it, but mm-hmm. I don't need to do it. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like and again, we see these with social media. Like I, I, I like to engage in it, but I don't need to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, what happened was, is that I, I said, all right, I'm going to act on this. I'm going to hire somebody to do the podcast, to, to edit it. And, and that's where I met John and John and I talked about it. And John Polster is now the producer. And mm-hmm. and here's the thing is that now that if John was to ever say, hey, you know what? I've got something else going on or, or whatever. I would not do it again myself. <laughs> I wouldn't. And so yep. did that happen with you? Or was it, you know, was it like I'm going to like, have you had this instance where it's like I've automated this and then. You know, either through delegation or through either digital delegation or analog delegation, for lack of a better term. And then you're like, you know, I can never I'm not I'm never going to do this myself again. Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah. Like you have. I think there's things where you do like a like when you are doing it, you're doing like a bad job at it. Right. Um, To give you an example. So, you know, as we've grown the company, um, you know, my role has become more management rather than actually working on building Zapier. And one of the things that I do is I do one-on-ones on a regular basis with the people that I, that are, that work directly with me. Um, and you're supposed to take good notes, right? Like it's, it's important to take good notes. It's important to share that stuff, but like, I'm kind of lazy about it. Right. And for the longest time I'd be like, Oh, I guess I should take some notes. And sometimes I'd take some good notes. Sometimes I would not even start a document up. Right. It would just be like, jump on the call and let's go. Um, and I kind of realized I was being lazy about that. And I was like, how can I force myself to not be lazy about that? And that's when I set up a couple apps to help me out. And it was, it automatically on a, on a week basis on Monday morning, it spins up a doc. Uh, it, uh, sets it up with a template. So it has the outline of what I need to chat with them on. It pulls in the notes from the week before, uh, it sends the link to the person that I'm talking with. It sends it to me in Slack in that way. And then it sets a reminder in Slack for me an hour before saying, Hey, Wade, uh, you need to review this before you have your, your one-on-one with this person. So now it's kind of like set up all the information is there. It's ready to go for me. And I get that notification an hour before that says, go do this, right? And so I just show up and do a good job now. So instead of having to think about all that other stuff, like really what was preventing me from doing a good job was just that I was having to think about it. It was just this annoying little task. It wasn't that I didn't want to do a good job. Mm -hmm. It's just that I'm kind of like, this isn't really super exciting. Well, you know, it's not, you know, going and click make a Google, Google doc, you know, thing. <laughs> like, I don't want to click the buttons, right? That's I'm just kind of lazy <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> um, so having it all like set up and, you know, put in place for me just made me way better at doing it. And I would not go back to like, like I'm just doing before I was doing it, but I was doing a bad job at it. Now with it automated, like I'm actually doing a good job at it because the machine's doing the parts of it that I'm just human and being lazy about. 
how long did it take for you to be willing to let go of the things that you were automating and not do the gut check of, uh, I hope that's happening. I mean, I know it's funny, Paul, Paul Jarvis is on your homepage and that's going to be linked to in the show notes. Uh, Paul's a buddy of mine. He seems so stress-free most of the time. He's, <laughs> and, and we're both on the Island. We're both Victorians. And I'm like, you yep. know, again, as we, as you know, he, he's always kind of like, yeah, these things are happening. Da, da, da. And, and you know, it's, it's, when did you get to the point where it was like, and when do you find other people where they're like, you know what, it's working, I'm feeling, and then it frees you up to do other things like you guys are building guides on your blog and stuff. So it's freeing you yeah. up to do the real work that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the deeper work. Yeah, you know, I think it's an ebb and flow, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you take on a new task, and when you take on a new task, inevitably things start out very manual, right? Because right. you're just learning it, right? You're like, oh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do here. So let me try this thing. Uh, and you do it and you're like, ah, I kind of went okay. But maybe if I tweak it like this, it'll go a little better, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden you find uh, a pattern that kind of works. And then you're like, okay, let's try it again next week. And it's like, oh, I work pretty good. And you're just like, okay, we can build something around this. And whether it's setting up automation, whether it's hiring staff, because sometimes, like, I realize, you know, I can't, this is not a thing a machine can automate, but it's something another human could replicate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So whether it's automation or staff, you bring them in, and they start to run it, empower it for you. And then all of a sudden, that kind of, you don't have to be paying attention to it anymore. All you have to do is kind of just periodically check in on it. And part of the automation can be, like send me a report about it or send me a notification about it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or whatever you care about. That way it keeps you reminding you like, ah, I need to pay attention to that thing at least a little bit, you know, um, just to make sure that these, the status is like high or whatever bar you want to set it at. And then, uh, that frees you up, like you said, to go tackle the next thing. And then you start again. It's like, all right, I'm trying to, there's this new thing I want to tackle now. And it's kind of manual at the start. You're figuring it out. And then, all of a sudden you find a new thing and you build it up again. And then all of a sudden you kind of build like systems and layers around you and the the thing kind of the machinery kind of works then. So you start automating, you know, and Mm -hmm. you, and you're, and you're going and you're finding, you're getting the flow of it. You're getting the rhythm of it. Cause I could see myself doing this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have automated some stuff, but I can see, especially as my business is growing that, Mm -hmm. that need to happen. Do you, do you have a process where, you know, or either that you use yourself, you found where it's like, okay, I, I'm in this flow. It's becoming quite addictive to automate because mm-hmm. I've seen that happen with others too, where it's the, again, and I, I may be revisiting an earlier question, but it's, <laughs> it's almost like the, okay, deep breath. Is this something I should automate? Is this something yeah. I'm ready to, like, do you find that that's happening? I mean, I know that that'd be something that would happen with me almost right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially cause I am an addictive personality. I'm the type that, <laughs> Oh, you know what? This is great. I'm automating all that. And then, you know, like, have you caught yourself? It's like where you, you had automated something or you were ready to, and you thought, hold up, this is something that either I can't automate right now, or I may never want to automate. Yeah. You know, it's funny for me. Um, oftentimes I I'm kind of, especially on the team at Zapier, I think there's people on our team at Zapier that are much better and much faster at recognizing opportunities to automate than I am. I'm often kind of sometimes the last one to be like, oh yeah, I guess I could do that. And I think it's in part because like I wanted stuff to automate because I was a bit lazy, right? Right. I wanted something to do this because I just don't really want to do it. And part of that laziness is 
I'm not going to set up the automation, right? Like, I yeah. Still, well, that takes uh, time too, right? Like to exactly. make sure that, and that's, and that's where a lot of people get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, is, is that, as they yep. say, Oh, I just do it myself. It'll take me too yeah, much time. Like, I just don't have time to set this up. Right? right. When in reality, it's like, well, you know, you take 15 minutes and you got it set up and working for you. And now it's going to save you an hour every week. Like it's totally worth it. But right. you know, you just, that activation energy is tough. Right. Um, and so I think there's other folks for me sometimes it's like, I just get annoyed. Right. It's like, I finally get to that point where I'm just like, this is stupid. Like I've run a company that does this. I need to just do this and I'll just set it up and be done with it. Um, and so sometimes I do just kind of need that kick in the pants where it's like something happens and it's just like, okay, I'm going to set this up. The zaps that you, I mean, you guys support, I, you know, you scroll and you scroll and you scroll. <laughs> this so, is also part of the problem where, well, I was going to say, right? I mean, when something breaks, like mm-hmm. when, when an app makes a change, I mean, I went through this pain point with Jeremy Roberts when we were building do better with Asana. Um, we wrote this book based on an app and this is why I don't talk about apps nearly as much anymore. And then all of a sudden they changed everything. And then you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> now we got to go back in and do this and this and this. This must be the thing that yep. you're, you're constantly looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a pain point. And, uh, and honestly, a, a lot of this is why people rely on us a lot now mm-hmm. is because we're a lot better at keeping up with this stuff than other folks are. Like it's our entire business, our entire livelihood is like keeping on top of the updates and the changes. Um, so when stuff changes, like your automations are going to break. Like we know that it's like we, we have it set up good. Um, so we have all sorts of, you know, alerts and pings. And, and one of the nicest things about Zapier too, is that, uh, the apps, the partners, most of them are, um, built on Zapier by the partner, right? So like HubSpot, Slack, Podio, Gravity Forms, you name it. Uh, they've built their integration. So they've kind of got a vested interest in making sure their stuff stays up to date on Zapier, uh, so that it won't break. Uh, and then we also what? have alerts and things like that to pay attention to like, okay, Hey, heads up, this thing may not have worked right. Right. check it out right so is it almost like every time like when a when a zap fails mm-hmm. on mass like maybe not in isolated incidents but you guys like you have some way of maybe it's a zap uh, <laughs> 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 that's set up to say hey you know what we may want to take a look at this like is that because you'd be spending hours upon hours just combing through you know updates for all the different services right. that you offer there's there's two types. There's ones that are like the individual errors, which mm-hmm. you as an end user of Zapier can set those alerts up. I think it defaults to say like if there is an error, we're going to email you about it. Like right. we just want you to know because that like that was something you were counting on working. If it didn't work, like you should know. Um, so like our stuff defaults to emailing you like when an error happens, and we give you like the message about why it didn't work. Right, and usually it's an API issue under the hood. Um, but a lot of those are one off, right? That's not indicative of a systemic issue. Right. Um, the systemic issues though, we do have like alerts where we notice like, um, and like API lingo, you know, there's status codes that are 400 or 500. And if there's like elevated levels of those that starts ring, ringing off alarms for us, it's like, okay, something systemic is happening. Like we're seeing this across multiple users at an elevated rate. Like what happened? Is this an outage? Is this a, you know, what is, this? um, so like, we'll often be the first to know, like when, you know, there's an AWS outage, right. Cause that'll affect tons of our partners. Uh, and it'll be like, okay, 
that's happened. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people's APIs are having problems right now. <laughs> so this brings up another question that I think is, is relevant. A lot of people inquire about this is security and privacy, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people like to th- keep things close to the chest because they're not necessarily, I mean, a lot of these services are cloud-based anyways, but I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, so once you bring a third party into this, once you start to bring automation in, it's almost like for some people, maybe not everybody, but okay, what's going on behind the scenes so that I can feel comfortable, not only with the automation going on, but that nothing's happening during the automation. Like how does, how does one allay those fears? I mean, even though, I mean, one of the things that I've always preached is if you don't want it to live in the cloud, don't mm-hmm. put it in the cloud. Yep. Be, be aware that there's always that chance. But mm-hmm. how do you, like, how does an automation service like like yourself and how does automation kind of keep those things under wraps if they need to, if they need or, or people want them to stay as under wraps as possible? Sure, yeah. And that can be tricky, right? Especially if you have, like, an audience that's not, you know, super well-versed in, like, security, technical security implementation mm-hmm. details, right? You can't just outright tell them right well you know in d5 shaw hash like blah 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 they're like what yeah (laughs) Uh, that doesn't mean anything to me right um so then it's like well how do you communicate yes we're taking all the you know proper precautions to make sure that your uh information is is safe right um and, and that can be a challenging communication challenge um you know for apis like the way that we do it is hopefully folks are using oauth which is you know, when you see something like uh, when you install, for instance, like an app on your your phone, it says like here's the permissions it has, mm-hmm. right? That's similar to that. You go through OAuth and you connect, say your um, you know Slack account to Zapier, and it says here's what Zapier has permission to do for you. Um, so you can decide, well, do we want to give Zapier that permission or not? Uh, and then just because you give us that permission, you say like, yeah, I'm going to give us a permission. That doesn't mean we're going to do it. Like we're still only going to do the things that you set up with your zaps, right? right. If you tell the zaps to do the thing, that's the only things that we're going to do. Like we don't have any, you know, there's not any monkeys in our system, like going and doing any other crazy other stuff. Um, but it's always a risk, right? Like, you know, it, it's just one of those things that, uh, with, when you put, like you said, when you put stuff in the cloud, um, there's no such thing as 100% secure. Right, right, absolutely, and, and I think people mm-hmm. need to be aware of that. But I mean, we live in, a, in an era where, it, hopefully, mm-hmm. it's becoming more common knowledge that hey, look, you know, mm-hmm. you want the there's everything's a trade off to a certain extent. It is, yep. So, before we wrap up. I just want to, you know, kind of dive into a little bit about like if someone was, and we kind of started off the episode like this, but now that people have listened to it, like what are the things that people need to keep in mind when they're automating? Like, you know, I mean, I'll throw in something that I think you need to do Mm -hmm. and I need to do as well is step back and actually remember that the time you're investing in setting it up is going to save you exponentially more time so before you get caught in that loop of oh this is going to take me more time i'll just do it myself just take a take a step back and maybe maybe this is if you have one of those pavlock you know like Mm -hmm. electrical things you could zap yourself and that reminds you oh wait zap zap your will do this from i don't know but the point is take that step back and and really assess it before you dismiss it that's my Mm -hmm. first thing but what are other things people can do you know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, there's a great XKCD comic that is exactly about this, which is like, how long can you work on making a routine task more efficient 
before you're spending more time than you save, which is like, right. okay, if the task takes X long and I do it this frequently, then it's going to be worth it to automate it. Or if I do it this infrequently, I should just keep doing it manually. And it's kind of a joke comic thing, but I've, yeah, I've seen so it. How often people... you, it's, it's actually, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It's how much time you <laughs> shave off versus how often you do the task. And it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a grid. So <laughs> if it takes you exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. How often? Yeah. So it's like, if you do this <laughs> task for 30 minutes and you do it yearly, how often you do the task, you, how much time you shave off is 30 minutes. If you do it two hours, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, it's an interesting, you know, across five it, years. It's actually quite yeah. interesting. And it's funny, you know, it's like a, it's a comic that made this right. But I've had so many, many people since starting Zapier mention this, this comic to me. It's like, yeah, I have this next to my desk and I reference it all the time when I'm trying to think about like, you know, if I'm like, should I automate this or should I just keep going? Right. Um, the way I'm doing it. So I, I think it comes down to a lot of that. It's like, pay attention to the things that the routine things you do every day, every week. And think like, you know, do I need to be doing that? Like, is that something that it seems like a machine could probably do? Uh, and if so, maybe investigate, like, how could I, you know, what's the workflow that would be involved for making a computer do that task? Like what set of apps or app uh, might I need to make that happen? There you go. Wade, this has been great. Um, I encourage everybody to go check out Zapier. Uh, I'm, I'm using it in its, its basic form. But uh, after chatting with you again today uh, and just kind of I think my wife and I are going to spend some besides hiring our virtual assistant, we're going to spend some time (laughs) in Zapier getting uh, getting things, you know, set up. It's funny, you know, recent, you know, uh, recent weeks uh, with Michael, you know, talking to a bunch of people like Michael Gerber and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all science. There's a reason I have people on the show at certain times. And it's been very serendipitous to have you on the show <laughs> at this time. So, Wade, where could people yeah. find you? And where would you like to point them to online so that they can check things out? Yeah, so you can find me online. I'm Wade at Zapier.com if you want to shoot me an email. Or Twitter, I'm just at Wade Foster. Um, if you want to check out Zapier, Zapier is Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. Um, you can check out the site. There's all sorts of cool stuff um, that you can set up. Uh, like we support 700 some odd apps. So if you're using any sort of apps, it's found you can automate something with Zapier. Absolutely. Wade, thanks for joining me this week. Appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. So there you have it. I, I haven't quite automated this process yet. The process of putting together the final bit of the podcast, but I may just do that now after talking with Wade today. Thanks so much to Wade for joining me. Thanks to John Polstra, who is probably the closest thing I get to automating this whole process. He's the producer of the podcast. And thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen to the show, whether it's by going out and actively finding it or whether having a podcast player such as, let's say, Overcast or Apple's Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this, uh, automate the process for you so it just comes to your ears every single week. I'd love to hear from you. So please leave some comments, either a rating or review in iTunes would be great, or just drop a line in the blog post and say, hey, what, what you liked about the episode or maybe what we could have done better. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining me. I am Mike Vardy, host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.